Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dum-de-dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. Plucking you from our post-pandemic malaise, it's P&Q here, Philippa Hall. And Quentin Rayner. And narrowly avoiding an elderberry, jelly-setting catastrophe, there's you lot, our lovely dum-de-dummers. And on this week's podcast, we hear the tune from Stephen, that wonderful ABBA collaboration. And we hear thoughts from Rachel, Matthew, Melly, Jen, Christina, Claire, Witherspoon, Rob, Brian, Sarah, Charles and Rosamond. Marvellous. God, they might have made an effort this week, might they? I know. It's just not good enough, is it? Oh, dear. Before I just... Before we continue, I heard somebody on LBC this week suggest that ABBA, because that was a fantastic ABBA mashup by Stephen, ABBA was a, a, a more important band, a bigger band, more influential than the Beatles. I mean, discuss. I mean, nonsense, isn't it? No. Right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> to say about that I, I no I think in terms of significance cultural influence yes, yes. that's what I'm yes soundtrack of your yes yes of a well, not mine, thank you no I'm too young for all of yeah, that still, so I'm more still an enjoy ABBA. the songs I'm not what? A, I'm more an ABBA child I certainly yeah. could sing more of the ABBA songs if you'd like me to right now <laughs> 
how long have we got? Um, <laughs> no, but I just, as a nonsense, I mean, as a cultural influence, <laughs> the Beatles. Well, I mean, as, as, as that as, what, is that what you've been doing this week, Quentin? Just listening and stewing? No, I, I just heard it. And I was like, my, my jaw dropped into my muesli. But um, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I just had to had to share that because I couldn't believe it. Share with the group, Quentin. Share I've shared. Anyway, back to the arches. Come on. Sorry. Well, all back to you. What What else Is have it? you been up to this week apart from mithering? Mithering about cultural influences. Uh, well, I mean, on the theme of music, I, I went to my first live gig in millennia um london grammar i saw on tuesday at um. the motor point arena which is the national ice stadium uh which i, I know you'll realize they formed at the university of nottingham philippa but you knew that didn't oh, you? oh so, i did absolutely i yeah. didn't want to mention it really uh so so they were back in their hometown enjoyed the gig yep i felt like a human being again mm. uh, i got all militant this week went on a cop 26 march in our local town there well you go uh, very good Excellent. but uh that was those those were the highlights of, of of my week uh but i think without a doubt a secret lunch hmm. between you and a certain man in in, in shrewsbury must be high up on your list philippa Oh yes, it was it was wonderful and weird because Royfield and I, having had many conversations and Zoom calls and all sorts, have never met before, and it's so surreal to actually is he, meet is, someone. Is he is he real? He, I can confirm, he is real. He does flesh a, and blood. Yes, and he even dances. Were on when he saw me started dancing. No, 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 not on tables. But it was just great to meet and. And talk, archers, dum de dum, everything. It was, it was a, it was a proper nice lunch. So that was, that was very good. And then I did surprise him a little bit, I'm afraid, because um, I'm very conscious that we have our wonderful patrons and we haven't released any um, specific content lately. And that's something that we are going to be addressing. But I thought, right, no time like the present. So I got my phone stand, started videoing, and yeah, Royfe and I. I had a nice little chat and I reveal something that shocked him. And I think it would shock you, Quentin. As well, well, go on, tell us. Well, I'm not, I'll tell you now, but I'm going to have to blank this out because you have to be a Patreon to find out. But then I'll, yes. Let, I'll be, Give us a hint. Give us a hint. Um, the, the question I said to Royfield was, what is it that Shula and I have in common? Oh, God, so many subsequent questions I want to ask yeah. you. <laughs> Well, you have to become a patron to hear that. It's, it's oh, yeah. worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Uh, as I say, I'm really conscious that we have very loyal, kind patrons who help to support us because it does. There are costs involved in in running this podcast, and we are very grateful. So, yeah, uh, Quentin and I are going to be recording a video sort of once a month as well. Um, and this was just a short catch up with Royfield, bit of fun. Uh, I think he was a bit shocked <laughs> that I sat him down and started recording. No, no such thing as a free lunch, is there? No, exactly. <laughs> but but we have a call about it as well already mm. um the wonderful christina has received her her patreon link and and has called in so i'm going to play that straight away hello quentin hello philippa and dempty demers from around the world this is christina calling from the great lakes region specifically i'm in michigan i'm also known as sally d on the Twitters with the handle of at Saturn Express. This is just a reminder to everyone that um, being a Patreon member can be really satisfying to know that you are 
a supporter of this amazing podcast and community. And this week, um, Philippa and Royfield put out a little video. It was delightful. And what a wonderful surprise um, on a Sunday morning. Um, for me, especially my brother, um, was just diagnosed with COVID and he was fully vaccinated. So fingers crossed, it will be a mild case and, um, mostly due to COVID, but also due to some other things. I left, um, a new job a few weeks ago. It was so stressful and it had a really long commute and, you know, it was the Dumpty Dum episodes that got me through that commute and the Dumpty Dum community that I think gets us through a lot of things in life. I hope this isn't too serious of a message, but just putting it out there that um, consider being a Patreon member, everyone. Love to everyone around the world. Um, love to Royfield, Quentin, Philippa, Rosie Porter. Lots of people behind the scenes. I don't know their names um, to them, too. And um, yeah, take care, everyone. Bye. Oh my goodness! That I, lovely, isn't isn't that? That moves me so much. Shall we have Christina on every week to plug Patreon? Yeah. Says us doing it. She's far more convincing. <laughs> That's just wonderful. Thank you, uh, um, thank you, Christina. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry that your brother's going through it. I hope he's all right. I'm sorry you've been going through it with the job, but just to know that Dumpty Dum, you know, brings brings us such joy, and to know it's bringing you joy as well. That's that warms the cockles of my heart. Thank you, Christina. You can't beat a warmed cockle, can you? You can't. And Quentin, I'm getting yes. a strong whiff, not of cockles, <laughs> but of men and cleaning fluid. <laughs> so can you elaborate on the week's goings on in Ambridge? Well, two images are seared onto our collective memories. Justin in lounge pants <laughs> and Toby in PJ, still sharing a bed with Winciette Winer Pip to avoid any chance of naked flesh touching. <laughs> well, let's start with your favourite character, Philippa, David and Ruth's darling daughter. Mm. The cereal Mona was in a right grump because Toby had eaten all the breakfast things. Then Pip had a swipe at him for staying out all night. At a mate, she sarcastically and jealously inquired. Poor Leonard. He then had to hear from Toby about their sleeping arrangement. Derangement, more like. After defending his fatherly credentials, Toby suggested to his brother Rex that they move back in together at Bert's bungalow. The door was firmly slammed in his face. No doubt Pip is eyeing it up too. Shula declared she was reinvigorated by her Excellence Meets Grassroots USP for the stables, which Lillian convinced Justin was his idea by outwitting the pompous twit and mopping up bucket loads of mansplaining. Blake walked all the way from Borchester to Ambridge to implore Sergeant Burns to let him visit Philip in jail. Both spotted an opportunity. Access in exchange for info about Victoria and the Grey Man. Could that be a gill? Mm. Kirsty got wind and got wound up. Brainwave. She arranged a call with Philip and told him about Blake's intentions. Brilliant move, Kirsty. The modern-day slaver calculated it would look good on his record if he met his victim... And since Blake is clearly missing him, he'd be doing him a favour. No, mewed Miss Miller. OK, the snake bartered. You come instead. I hope she can cope with the pong of men and bleach. Other news in brief. Roy couldn't keep something up. I think it was his dating app. 
Apparently, smoked sea salt and capers are the secret ingredients of mackerel patty at Bridge Farm. Plus, Tom and Pat really pissed off Natasha by clearing the decks for Summer Orchard to operate from the farm without even consulting her. But hey, she still loves it when Tom gets all optimistic. Finally, Linda Snell, MBE, is in search of a new god. She revealed that she's written two mystery plays for Boxing Day in January the 2nd. After Bert's demise, she needs to find another deity in Ambridge. Lillian declared she's now on a mission to find her a new god, after being seduced by the offer of being Lindy's second when she receives her gong at the palace. <laughs> the lengths our Lillian will go to for a glass of Buck's Fizz. <laughs> very good, very good. Well... That's the gist of the last five episodes in Ambridge. But what did you, our careworn dumpty-dummers, make of it all? Hello, Ambridge 3962. And first of all, we have Rachel, who is wondering about Russ's future and the special pâté ingredients. Hello, dumpty-dum. This is Rachel calling from Winchester. I'm a first-time caller in been listening to the Archers for ooh, 25 years or so now, but on and off since I was a child. My mum was a big fan. Um, and uh, I've been listening to Dumpty Dum since last year. I'm a bit of a late adopter, but uh, found you in the lockdown. And it's just a brilliant podcast. Love it. Thank you. Um, I've been listening to what people have been saying about Russ, agree with everything everyone's been saying. He's just dreadful, Russ is. And he's being so deliciously awful at the moment. I can't help wondering if he's not being set up for a really splendid takedown. I uh, hope so. Uh, and on to other dastardly men who've had their comeuppance. We heard from Philip Moss this week. Uh, he was trying to win Kirsty over with that weird rain porn. What was that all about? <laughs> Kirsty, what are you thinking? <laughs> getting in touch with that man um and uh, on to nicer men i've been wondering who is going to take over from bert fry now that he's gone as the elder country gent in ambridge i it seems to me that there's always been one in ambridge um not eddie yet surely he's far too young none of the old archers obviously possibly jim lloyd but uh, he lacks that country wisdom and borsetshire burr so I'm not really sure what's going on, what's going to happen there. Um, one last thing, I think that adding capers and salt, whether it's smoked, sea salt or otherwise, to mackerel pate sounds far too eye-wateringly salty. Uh, squeeze a lemon and a good grinding of black pepper would do me. That's it for me. Thanks for a brilliant podcast. Bye. Oh, Rachel, lovely to hear from you. First time caller in her as well, uh, which we love. We, we love to have people calling in or emailing or texting in for the first time. And thank you ever so much for what you have said about the podcast. Delighted that you enjoy it so much. Uh, oh, she said lots of things, didn't she? Uh, rain porn. Yeah. God, what was what was going on there? There's a sort of reflection on rain. I mean, it's just weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but it has to be a certain type of rain, a sort of, a sort of drizzle that you're not really aware of. It's just like... I don't know, for me, it caught me. I actually started feeling sorry for him that he was missing the yeah. rain and yeah. um, and the different types of rain. And I had to stop and think, no, this is yeah. I'm falling for it myself. That's, that's his genius, isn't it? That's his genius. Um, he's so persuasive, isn't he? And tugging at your heartstrings straight away. Oh, I don't want to make the divorce difficult for you, Kirsty, and all that. Uh, it was well written because suddenly, just in the space of a few sentences, you were, oh, you were... 
Yeah. Exactly. Having that reaction from him straight away, you know, just that knot in your stomach of revulsion. Well, I was just going to ask you, do you think he is deliberately manipulative and clearly aware of the games he's playing or is is he so sort of skewed in his vision of what's right and what's wrong that that's his reality? Well, I suppose if you're incarcerated, you sort of must live in your imagination a bit anyway. And I think combined with his narcissism makes him go off on this sort of exposition about the, the joys of, of, of drizzle or a complete downpour because that was the other option he liked as well wasn't it he was so quick to seize on little snippets of information he quickly worked out hadn't he that harrison had been talking to blake and was blake going to pass on information to harrison so that's mm. that that um shrewdness that ruthless shrewdness came came through and that mm. delusion about I, I, I treated them well and uh you know uh, he needs to see me because you know he's missing me and all this but even when we heard going back in time um philip and gavin talking about holidays in the past and gavin admitted how much he hated it and mm. philip's view was that it had been a perfect holiday so yeah. i do feel there are some you know some quite major structural issues for him in his perception of what's right or wrong and yet as you said you could hear the chain and particularly when you said well if if I give up seeing Blake you've got to come and see me it was almost as if he revealed yeah the the more evil side of him and and the less compelling yeah it, it, it was it was a barter wasn't it mm. um it was an opportunity and you know Blake is Getting caught in the middle, isn't he? On to nicer men. She's wondering who's going to take over the uh, the, the elder country gent role. And it's a good point. So we mm. we, we we really don't have any candidates. I, I, Rachel, I, I, I mean, I know you, you say you've been listening for twenty five years, but Eddie's been in it. I think for the last twenty five years. I think he's seventy three, isn't he? So I don't <laughs> think he's too young. But I don't think he's got the sort he's of not, gravitas, has no. he? To be no, a, not the wisdom yes. that Rachel mentioned. <laughs> He's I mean, still a kid at heart, isn't he? <laughs> what about Leonard? Leonard doesn't have the burr, but he's he does seem to be quite good at um, sort of facilitating discussions and yeah. and keeping his. But he's got no agricultural background, has he? No, that's the that's the slight issue. He can talk about trying to paint and failing. Jim, but... Jim certainly is no candidate. I mean, he's uh, he's got the softest hands in Ambridge, hasn't he, mm. Jim? My candidate is Trevor. Yeah, but he's not. Well, actually, yes, that could. He's well, got we the burr. All, he's got yeah, the burr. He has, and he's got the sort of the wisdom or his version of the wisdom. Um, yes, okay. Yes. Let I'll I'll go with that one. I he's don't got, don't think he's everyone got the whimsy, would. He's got the with the whimsy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much farming experience he's got, but he's got the burr. <laughs> so we're off with her. We're off with her. Uh, Russ, Rachel, honey, yeah, of course, he's just dreadful, deliciously awful. You're right. Mm. Is he in for a splendid takedown? I think he is. We discussed this last week, and I think it's going to come by Freddie or dallying with Chelsea. So, yeah, we're all for... Well, we all love having Russ about for all the wrong reasons, but uh, I think he's, he's he's going to be taken down. Needs to be. And, and I'm sure you've got strong opinions on the pate. It sounds ghastly <laughs> sticking all that salt and all those salty ingredients into an already salty meal. So completely agree with you, Rachel. All you need is a... Lemon and a twist of pepper, you're there. So great to hear from you, Rachel, and please mm. do, do do call in again. Yes, Rachel, welcome. First call, 
caller in for you. Excellent. Um, it was really good to hear from you. And do call in again. Yeah, absolutely. I quite like a caper. I've got to be honest. And well, I've I like never, a caper. I've never yeah. tried it in a pate. So I, I'm, getting, I'm more likely to try that than I am a pickled egg. But um, Well, you no- got some grief about that, didn't you? Loads of people piling on Facebook saying, come on, if you put it in with... Some other ghastly ingredients. That, Do you know, nice. Quentin, in the week I had been trying to source a pickled egg that I could try and you could try simultaneously while we were recording this, but everywhere I went didn't sell pickled eggs. So my search will continue and then we will do a live tasting for everyone to enjoy. Right, but Rachel, thank you so much for your call. And now we go to Matthew. And Matthew needs to correct us as we got it wrong, no surprise, last week about Russ and Elizabeth. Hello, Dumdy Dummers. This is Matthew Horsepool from Coventry. And I'm afraid I'm here to say that I think that last week you missed a trick in your analysis of Russ and Elizabeth and Elizabeth's tolerance of Russ and Lily's relationship. So I'd like to try and offer some context and a bit of nuance to this debate. You'll remember, of course, when Russ and Lily first started going out, Elizabeth was not happy in the slightest and really you know, um, told Lily as much and Lily basically went, well, then I'm going to move to Manchester and you can't stop me because I'm 18. And that actually contributed, I think, in some part to Elizabeth's depression. Um, I mean, Freddie was most of it, but I mean, Russ and Lily kind of came out at the same time and, and made it all worse. So you have Elizabeth in a depressed state. You have Lily who has come home with Russ to... Um, make it all work for Elizabeth and if you remember Russ and Elizabeth went shopping and Elizabeth had a panic attack and Russ was there and sorted it all out and that as far as I'm concerned is the moment when everything changed for Elizabeth and Elizabeth um, got to a point where she I think feels like she owes Russ a favour because Russ was there for her a lot during the Depression. So I think Elizabeth feels like she owes Russ a favour. I think she's also very scared of losing Lily. And I think those two combine to get to a point where Elizabeth doesn't really feel like she has the moral authority to tell Russ where to go, because if she'd have told Russ where to go just a few months earlier on, then Elizabeth might be in a very different place. Um, And so I think deep down, she still doesn't like the fact that Russ and Lily are going out. I think she'd be much happier if Lily was to find another boyfriend who was a bit younger. But I think she's accepted it. And I think the only way in which she in herself has been able to accept it is to tell herself that it's okay. And she's been telling herself that it's okay now for so long that she's lost sight of the fact that it isn't. But I think sooner or later, something will come along to make her lose sight, uh, to to regain the sight that actually it it isn't uh, all good. And uh, I just don't know at this point what that event will be. Matthew, thank you so much for your call. You must keep calling in. I love your voice so much, Matthew. It just makes me smile. Um, and well, I love... You're a happier woman once you've heard Matthew, aren't you? Oh, it's just lovely. 
lovely. Gr- love. Great voice. Yeah, absolutely. Very commanding. Excellent. Um, I love the fact that Matthew needs to call in to correct us and to add context and nuance. Yes, Matthew, you are absolutely right. We failed. We failed you. Well, I don't know. We failed Dum Dum. No, I, he's right that Elizabeth has no authority at this point to tell Russ where to go but hopefully that will change so- i disagree she's her mother she she owns lower loxley i mean he's a bloody parasitical little worm yes but he has wheedled his way in as matthew says and he was there at the time when elizabeth needed help and actually he did help he was kind to her and that is sort of blinkered her so now she doesn't see the 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 russ as we see him last week we were talking about toby and where he was living and what work he was doing and this week da-da, we were given the answer so there was cosmo and i messaging each other trying to work out where toby was at this point and it and it has been confirmed so toby is still working in the pub despite selling his gin business and living with pip as you say in this most bizarre arrangement he's in his pjs yeah and pip walking around the kitchen in bare feet, I'm sorry, has the girl known shame? I mean, the minute you step in the house, you whack a pair of slippers on, thank you very much. I mean, what sort of metabolism does she have? Isn't she cold as well? It's going to be a cold floor. I'm sorry. Yeah, I... I you don't care a damn about Pitt. Why, why are you bothered? I just, I feel sorry for Rex having to deal, deal with that. And how... Why are they still sleeping in that bed? Have they haven't know. they heard of a sofa bed? They say the sofa's too uncomfortable. Sofa beds don't have to be expensive. I don't understand why they're why they're doing that. I yeah. She, she she's jealous. We've got slightly got off track, haven't we, of this of, of Matthew's core, but I mean, since you're on your pip furrow <laughs> here. I mean, we mentioned pip is like catnip to Philippa, but she she still holds a candle for him, doesn't she? She was really jealous, wasn't she? She said, out with a mate. Yeah. She doesn't... Um, do you think they, they will rekindle things? Oh, please no. Please no. No? But then Rex might think he... He's got a way and he still talks about, you know, having Rosie Roundmorn roses, pictures that she's drawn of the pigs. and Oh, Rex. Well, maybe, but, maybe Pip moves in with Rex. Well, Rex says he wants to move forward and he wants change. So I don't know what, what he's well, expect. Maybe he's just going to change his toothpaste or something. Shall we get back to Matthew's call? Yeah, sorry, sorry. The thing about Matthew is he's got the sort of voice and tone which immediately convinces you he's, he's right about everything he talks about, doesn't he? And then when he chucks in context and nuance, you think, oh, my God, we're in for a tough ride here. Um, <laughs> to be fair, Matthew, I had forgotten a lot of the context. <laughs> I'd forgotten about the panic attack. And you're right, that's how he's wheedled his way in. Mm. I, I would challenge whether she... Uh, I would suggest that her depression was largely predicated on on Freddie and all that rather than uh, Lily and Russ, but it certainly didn't help. And I still don't really recall her putting up much resistance, but I recall some resistance, but it was fairly weak, I thought. Um, And, you know, Philip Moss is self-delusional. So is uh, Elizabeth, isn't she? Because as you say, Mm. she's convinced herself it's okay, but... Deep down, she doesn't approve, which I will grant you, Matthew. I think deep down she knows it's not right and something will crop up to, as we just discussed just now with Rachel, to um, make Russ have his comeuppance. I will cut you some slack here, Matthew. Uh, because you sounded so authoritative, you're probably right. <laughs> Philippa loves your voice, so I've got, I haven't got a leg to stand on. So, yeah. 
Guilty as charged. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Matthew. And now we go to Brian, who isn't impressed with Kirsty or Bridge Farm. Hello, all. It's Brian. Hope you're all well. Just a couple of things this week. Firstly, Kirsty. Good intentions are not enough. We know Kirsty means well, but she really is blundering in two um, left feet feet at the moment and causing more damage than anything else. Harrison told her what Blake wanted in confidence, um, with possible career implications for him if he got out, and she immediately tells the one person who shouldn't know and is likely to derail any investigation that's going on. Um, and what she and it hasn't benefited for her at all, because now she's got this dilemma of whether to see Philip. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But that that's that. Poor Blake. Being mistreated in a different way now. He wants to do something. He's being um, denied. Although it was a really bad idea anyway. But that's beside the point. Okay, that's that. that, that uh, Kirsty. Um, and then secondly, Natasha. When Natasha arrived, I thought she had some Machiavellian plan to... Um, take over Bridge Farm and put uh, Pat and Tony on a porter cabin on the on the farm somewhere. Um, uh, I'm beginning to wish that was the case now because they were so... But they've had got form on this, haven't they? Um, just taking over other people's businesses and thinking it's, it's theirs by right. Um, really, really frustrating. Oh, well, that's it for now. Thanks, Ed. Bye-bye. Nice to hear from you again, Brian, as as ever. Yes, um, we need to talk about Kirsty, don't we, Philippa? Mm. Uh, she's had a bad week. Um, she really just, she doesn't stop and think. She's so impetuous, isn't she? And she's really screwed things up. So uh, mm. we wait to see. Interesting point about betraying Harrison's confidence. That's something I hadn't considered. Mm. So, Brian, I mm. think that could well unravel for our Harrison. But, uh, oh, dear, Kirsty, I think... Um, she was one of many characters this week. She really got on my wick and she, well, yeah, I was shouting at the radio. Uh, I'm afraid to Kirsty. Mm-hmm. Natasha, I've never, I can't work, about, work out <laughs> Natasha because she arrived and suddenly we would, she revealed a sign that it wasn't very nice. She was you know, burning through her credit card. She had all this debt and we all thought she was going to be a weasel. Uh, and suddenly she seemed to have a complete character transformation a transplant and she's became sort of different overnight and all the credit card storyline just disappeared mm. and this sort of manipulative calculating woman from the valleys suddenly was all this all sweetness and light and we saw a flash of it with pat this week when she got narky about quite rightly about yeah. being having everything sorted out for her without him being asked i quite agree with her but I, I don't know who Natasha is, and they seem to have meddled with their character, uh, and uh, I, I, irritates me. I wonder if it because if it's because they want Natasha to now be a long term character, and they need to sort of make her a bit softer as as part of that family. I, I don't know. I actually thought the actor had changed, and I had to go and and check, but it's the same. Her voice sounds much I thought, deeper. I thought the same about Toby. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they've changed him. Oh, no. But, 
Yeah, a Pat seems to have gone from being, you know, a, a woman promoting women's lib to a version of the hands made tale. I mean, to reference all the Star Trek fans that we seem to have on Dum De Dum. I mean, Wayne Mathias has put it on the on the Facebook group on the Dum De Dum Facebook group. Uh, it seems like Bridge Farm is the Borg assimilating all these different businesses and they're trying to do it with uh with Natasha's now and no Natasha don't let don't let it happen um she needs to keep her independence yeah. I, I would I would say and yes Harrison's going to get in trouble with his yeah. boss this week isn't, isn't he we just know yeah. what about yeah. that inspector that we've previously heard uh yeah I bet it's I bet it's them it's not going to be nice to listen to remind me what is summer orchard again creams or something or Cream body, fruit juice, uh, fruit, fruit juices, fruit juices. Oh, fruit! I thought it was beauty yeah. products. No, no, that was her sort of hobby interest. That right. when she was trying to get to know people or needed to offer a raffle prize, she'd turn up with a beauty bag, and uh, there mm. we go. The rest is history. But I mean, that whole credit card storyline was interesting, and it just seems to have been ditched. Where's all yeah, that debt? Where's all that I, debt gone? I Where's got, it all gone? Well, I presume it's still there. Uh, I don't think they've been making that much money with the Bridge Fresh app. Um, hopefully, Tom has got it working again. But yeah, he didn't. He didn't mention it. But I don't like the way that they're portraying someone who, if you have debt, you're a baddie. I don't think it should be that. It just made us question what her intentions were. No, but she turned nasty when she was talking money. Yeah, and but hiding the fact she turned very nasty. But and then Tom was disappeared. so mental as well. Yeah, no, Tom was... Well, Tom, I mean, come on. It's Tom. Oh, God. Oh, no, can't be. Anyway, Brian, great call. Yes, excellent. Thank you so much for calling in. <laughs> We're just going to keep talking about this, aren't we? Anyway, we need to go swiftly on to Melly, who's been studying the BBC's blurb for an episode. Hello, Philippa, Quentin, and everybody in Dum to Dum land. It's Millie Merriweather calling on a Tuesday evening at quarter to seven. I usually listen live and I listened to the omnibus, but slight change to work patterns, so it's not possible for me to listen live or at two o'clock for you non-UK people who get a replay of the night before at two o'clock the next day. So I just went into my podcast player um, downloaded the archers and I see this blurb I don't know what you call a blurb in podcasting online listening land but you know the thing I mean it gives you a little idea of what's going on but no, this basically seems to spell everything out so I'm going to go and walk to work and I'm going to listen and see if there's any surprises but it was so thorough I doubt it. Anyway, much love to you all. Hope everybody's staying safe and much love. Thank you, Melly, so much for that. Yes, it's interesting because I think on Sounds, BBC Sounds and on the podcast app, if you go and look at the podcast before it's sort of live, you get a sentence of what might happen. And usually they're trying to mislead you. You think you know what's going to happen and it's and it's nothing like it is. Um, but the the minute it's finished, that episode is finished, the, then that seems to change and there's a much longer sort of essay on everything that happened. So if you are listening to it 
after it's it's been live, it's gone out, try not to, I think, click on the details because you will, as you say, mm. read everything. Is it, am I right, yeah. Quentin, or have I got yeah. that wrong? No, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go looking for it. Because there's a little drop down, isn't it, saying more. Mm. So if you click more, as you say, after the episode, the summary is there. Don't click that uh, that uh, more uh, unless you, you, to avoid any spoilers. Personally, I I've got used to reading spoilers. I, it, it doesn't matter to me if I see stuff on Twitter before I've I've, I've heard. Um, am I weird? But um, I, it's one of those things you're going to catch up with it anyway. So um, it almost makes me want to hear the episode even more when I see people talking about a certain theme. Yes, that's true. I mean, I see the giveaways on Twitter about what's happened. Um, and it, I always listen to the episode the next day, as I've said before, when I'm attempting to to run as a way to encourage myself to do some exercise. Um, so I just eat, just eat less cake. Yeah, that's not possible. I'm sorry. It's right. just not, not going to happen. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I do read things that have happened. And I personally, I wish I'd didn't know these things in advance. I wish I had the surprise, but then it's my choice to listen to it later on. So I, I guess that's just uh, yeah. the price I pay. But anyway, Melly, thank you very much for that. And now we come to Jen, who has some serious points about Rex versus Trevor and, of course, Toby. Greetings, Quentin and Philippa. Well, whether you were Team Trevor or not Team Trevor last week, and most Dumpty Dumbers were Team Trevor, this week, Pip is illustrating how to do dull. Honestly, I I haven't really forgiven Sean O'Connor for Rob. I I think the even worse thing that his idea of Pip being the beating heart of Ambridge. Pip is not the beating heart of Ambridge. We all know Jazzer is the beating heart of Ambridge. Pip, all she does is moan about work. She moans about Toby. She's actually worse than Adam, which is pretty impressive. And then the hypocrisy. I mean, she's tearing one off Toby for being an irresponsible man-child. Well, him and her brother did. And then at the same time, there's no food in the house. What does she do? She sneaks off to mum's and robs the bread. She's working on the family farm. She is living in a house that is heavily subsidised by her family. Uh, She uses her over 80-year-old grandmother for childcare, left, right and centre. She thinks it's everybody else's job to pick up the pieces when necessary with Rosie. I mean, she is not exactly acing it at the adulting herself. And then her and Rex, oh, it's like Niles and Daphne, except we don't really care and there's absolutely no sexual tension there except on Rex's side. I think the little storm in a teacup when Toby suggested they all move in together was definitely this jealousy because of Pip and he wants Pip and oh frankly I just hope that his big idea is to go off to Hungary or go off to Canada and that we don't have to see bland voice nice man Rex again. Um, Toby needs to step it up he's meant to be the rake the cad um, possibly the sort of next Brian character and he's getting pigeonholed a bit dull at the moment as well. So bring back Trevor, I say. I hope he's back to the funeral and I hope at some point he's back to stay um, because this week has just been painful. Oh, she's not happy, is she, Arjen? <laughs> Good for her. Go, girl. Yes. Well, because she's pet bashing, isn't she? Yes, exactly. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. Um, worse moaner than Adam. No, 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 no. That is his crown and his crown alone. No, uh, I mean she she 
pushes him. I grant, I grant you, but she, you know, in the sort of moaners of the week, she would always be second or third. I mean, even when Adam's silence, I mean, he's he's chief moaner, I think, <laughs> in Ambridge. Uh, I, I never knew Pip was being set up to be the beating heart of Ambridge. I, that's new to me. She's never appeared to me to be that. Uh, and as Jen suggests, Jazza is increasingly that, and we're all happy about that. Bring back Trevor. We're all for that. And I, I think he should become, as I said earlier, the, the elderly, even though he's not old, but the country gent with his burr uh, in the bull. That's what that's what we need. Um I, I, in defence of Rex, I, 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 I like Rex. Uh, he, he's not the most exciting fella, but he's decent. He's hardworking. Uh, he's loyal. He's, he's, he's understanding. He listens. I, I think he's a, a decent fellow. And I thought the interactions with him and Trevor were very touching. And I, I don't think um, he deserves the vitriol that Jen has imparted on him and she wants to exile him to, to, to Canada. I've always thought he held, he's held a candle for Pip, but uh, as Jen suggests, there's no sexual tension except f- from Rex. I mean, does, do you think Pip could have any sexual tension with anybody, Philippa? I don't even know how to answer that. All I know is that I just... <laughs> Try. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. She's just... I mean, I get what Jen is saying, that Adam... It's just his voice that he allows him to be the worst moaner in Amber. Puffing, puffing, sighing and all but that. Yeah. Pip mm. and her view on life and her sense of entitlement, um, mm. I think, I agree, she could potentially be the worst vocal moaner that, than Adam. I mean, when she said, oh, I don't have time for two pieces of toast, it was just like, Adam and that bleeding bacon going back when he said he didn't have time. She is the one that put the two pieces of toast in the toaster. Then it pops up and then she says, oh, I don't have time for two pieces. Oh, my goodness, girl. It's all I don't have time. Uh, Now, I did try and calm down and think about this from her point of view, that she's living in this sort of very close accommodation with her ex. She's raising Rosie. She's tired. She's working long hours. And she just wants to know that he will be there when he says he will. So I get that. But still, I, I just couldn't bear it. <laughs> I couldn't bear it. Sorry. And to be fair to the man, he, he seems to be, doesn't he? I mean, he seems he to be does. Yes, he does. Just, but I mean, you know, she was lying there. He was away at somebody else's house. So yes, she was cross about that. Um, but, she didn't like him being away somewhere yeah. else. I'm sorry. As I said earlier, she's in the kitchen with no shoes on. I've got no time for her. That doesn't bother me, but yeah, but the rest of it does, yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> well, Jen, thank you. Oh, and Jen, I would like to know your view on Shula's business plan because I think Shula should have – her whole new business should be preach and pony. So <laughs> while people are trotting around on their ponies, she preach, stands there and preaches to them. I think that could that would be different. That would be attention-grabbing. There are skate parks where people do that, preach and skate. So I think preach and pony, that is my suggestion. Jen, I I can't wait to what Jen thinks about that. Have we got enough gigabyte space for her to give her views? (laughs) Can't wait. Anyway, we'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and I'm wondering how to do it, here's how. Yes, we, we, we pride ourselves, don't we, Philip, on being the, the, the people's podcast. But mm. um, 
it's predicated on people really isn't it so yes if you want to record a message or a plot prediction one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red tab on the left which says send voicemail there you can submit your call honestly it is really really easy you can have as many goes as you like nobody will know another way to send a whatsapp voice note and this is the number you need to send your voice note to it's 07957 167696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK, to add a plus 44. Okay, so let's get back to those calls. And first of all, we hear from Claire, who thinks that there are some things, only some, that are as mad as a box of frogs. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. And today I'm talking about Wednesday's episode, which was a masterclass in some classic archers type action and also mad as a box of frogs. So let's start with the mad things first. The first one is Lillian gave up smoking, well done Lillian, and then found a big duty-free box of cigarettes in her house. No way. I do not believe that at all. People who I know are smokers would not have just left that lying around. That's completely unlikely. Secondly, um, when Roy makes Kirsty a fish finger sandwich on white bread with, with ketchup, she's like, oh, brilliant, not a vegetable in sight. Well, I don't get that. Like, why isn't Kirsty a vegetarian or at least or a vegan or something a little bit more environmentally conscious? And why is she welcoming kind of processed food? I find, I'm like a believer of Roy, but I don't think Kirsty would go for it in quite that way. It seems a bit incongruous. Um, and thirdly, like Linda's attitude towards Lillian, like this pointless spat when she was really uh, sniffy about, oh, sniffy, ha, ha um, about uh, Lillian being disrespectful and uninvited her from the MB ceremony and so on. I just thought, like, I know that uh, Linda plays dirty when it comes to making her shows happen, but I thought that was like a little bit below her, quite frankly. So um, so those things made no sense to me. But in the meantime, oh, it was some classic Linda's grandiose, grandiosity making the show happen, some fun Lillian's sharp tonguedness, um, and Kirsty hand-wringing about, um, you know, how she was doing and how Blake was doing and, and Roy just being, you know, boringly... Um, supportive because that's Roy and that's what we love him for. So uh, some real classic stuff and some mad stuff too. Keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Oh, thank you very much for that for that call. Yes, mad as a box of frogs. Quite like Dum de Dum, I think, in many joyful ways. Yes, Lillian giving up smoking, finding that box of cigarettes and this fish finger sandwich. You are right. Why isn't Kirsty veggie or vegan? That's a really good point. I. Th- I would expect her to. I mean, the minute Kirsty said, oh, I've got this bottle of fizz to celebrate that my relationship with Philip is over, I immediately typed fatal last words in Ambridge into my phone when I heard that. Because I thought, well, you know, it's not a good idea. If once you say something like that in Ambridge, the Ambridge fairies hear it and disaster ensues. So I just thought that's the wrong thing. When will Kirsty learn about that? Um, And Linda's attitude to Lillian, that, that was perplexing as well. Were you perplexed? Yeah, I was. And, and I, I do, and this was mentioned on Twitter, actually, that the Linda's use, isn't she, by the script writers and the editors just to suit them, really. Uh, she's quite inconsistent in a way because sometimes she can be an absolute mare, can't she, and be horrible and very calculating, especially around panto time. Uh, and then other times 
they write for her and she's ex- exquisitely tentative and deep thinking. I'm thinking of those scenes with her and Lillian in the, in the hospital and mm. then her and Blake in the hospital, her and Freddie. Uh, and you're thinking, well, which Linda is the real Linda, really? Um, so, yes, this this grandiosity, I love that word, uh, Claire, that you, you mentioned, is, is exploited shamelessly by the script writers, isn't it? And um, you do recoil from the way she plays people. Uh, and yet she had come to Lillian with this amazing invitation, you know, to go to, to, go to Buckingham Palace to witness mm. the ceremony. And uh, it's sort of the rug was pulled from under her feet. So I don't see Linda as sometimes sort of nasty. I just see well, her, no, it? it's her reality of what she's doing. She does the, she's doing the plays for the good of the community. And, 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 and her, and her stature in the village, <laughs> let's be honest. Yes, but she doesn't realise that actually her stature seems to decrease with every production she she puts on. Yeah, but she used the the Buckingham Palace opportunity, didn't she? She pl- she played Lillian beautifully, didn't she? She said, "Oh, if that's your attitude, then f- forget it. I'll, I'll withdraw my offer." Oh no, no, don't, no, 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 don't, no, 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 I'll I'll find you a god. Okay, you can come to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> She's she's so calculated, Linda. It's not how I would uh, expect a friendship to play out, but we are talking about Ambridge land here, where, as Claire says, you have to. But it's real. It's it's real, isn't it? Ambridge exists. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it's just in a slightly, you know, there's there's some clouds over Ambridge that make the alter (laughs) how people act a little bit, I think. It it is interesting. I mean, it's, it's what we all pick up on. I completely didn't hear pick up on this big duty-free box of cigarettes. I didn't even clock that. Um, didn't even clock the fish finger sandwich. Uh, but And yet Claire did and, and, and saw some significance in both. Isn't it interesting what we um, mm-hmm. we all seize on? Did you spot you? Well, it's food. You spotted the I was fish not, finger sandwich. Yeah, and I spotted the ploughman's lunch that Justin ordered for him and Martin. No pickled onion for Martin. I spotted the warm scones or scones uh, with Leonard. Yeah, any, any food item, uh, my yeah. ears prick up, and I'm in there. Yeah, but there okay. we are. Yeah, fair enough. Just yes, it's all fine. Anyway, thank you very much. Claire, that was a super, super call. And now we come to Sarah, who has some observations on how Linda reacted to Roman's acting contacts. Hello, you two. Sarah Spilsbury from Smedic here. And this week, I've got beef with part of the Linda Lillian storyline. Lillian did a great bit of quick thinking, getting in touch with Roman and calling in some of his actor friends. But The attitude displayed when it was revealed that the interested party had played corpses was livid, so suggests that with that being the case, they wouldn't be very good. Listen, I've got some experience in this. Having had to both remain in a coffin during a performance and extend a spooky hand to ring a bell, and also died as a character on stage. In the former, where I was uh, just lying in the coffin, it wasn't a case of what I did, but what you didn't do. So you don't make any noise, you don't snigger at anything the other actors say, you don't cough, pass gas, you get the idea. With the latter, it's very hard to suddenly go still, especially if you've been running around a bit beforehand. Sorry, it was just niggling me. Anyway, take care and 
Tarara bit. Tarara bit, Sarah. Uh, she's making a very uh, dead serious point there, isn't she? Mm. About uh, what's involved in being a corpse. I don't know you when, when somebody's lying on a slab on in a teledrama. I'm always <laughs> looking to see if their chest is rising a bit <laughs> yeah. or not. <laughs> well, they can't. They have to breathe. I mean, they can't lie there and not breathe. <laughs> but you think, oh, I'm going to see your chest rising. You expect someone who's acting dead to actually not breathe. Is that, is that what you do, Quentin? No, but if you saw their chest rise, it would ruin the illusion, wouldn't it? It's very hard to not let your chest rise. That's the skill that Sarah's talking about. Exactly. <sighs> My point proven. Mm. Yes. It's it's what you don't do, as she was saying. Um, so, uh, Sarah, we salute your um, dead acting and <laughs> we, we appreciate there is much more to it than meets the living eye. Um, when I first heard the, the reference to Roman, I thought Lillian was going to suggest that she gets Roman back to be God, but I'd misheard that. She, she was just tapping out Roman for contacts. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which he very promptly supplied. So, uh, yes, he's still keen to help the community. <laughs> right. Who has he supplied? I wasn't quite... Some friends of his who live locally, uh, who mm. could play God, but have been, shall we say... Um, extras only in Peaky Blinders. Excommunicated, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've been in Peaky Blinders. And... Extra communicated. Oh, <laughs> stop me, stop me. Yeah, I'll stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> she will. She's brutal on the edit, folks. Um, right, so he's got some local people who could help, right. But, I mean, I say just bring back Trevor, really. He's a living god, isn't he? Well, I think Sarah should play God in the mysteries. I think that's what we need to do. Sarah clearly is a, um, a well-regarded actor. We need to know more about this, Sarah. Um, yes, Sarah should be in Ambridge playing God. I think that would that would be excellent to hear. I do think it's interesting that Linda chose Lillian to go to the MBE ceremony um, as her number two, because you can take two with you. I'd have thought Leone would be somebody that she'd want to bring along to well, what about her know. husband robert well he's going you oh is take, he you're allowed two people yeah oh right you know this you can take have you been yes i have yes oh, I have. how come you've been my mummy got an mbe did she and, uh, yes so you, we, she was allowed to bring three actually now i think about it what did she um, what did she get an mbe for uh, she was a magistrate and sort of all sorts of things to do with the law for a decades and decades and did lots of different things with the community mm. so it's all sorts of services to the to the community oh, but her. it was it was an amazing amazing thing to to watch i have to say um and i wasn't such a fan of the monarchy until i was there and really saw all these people doing amazing things and being rewarded and, for now, it. You're, so, and now you're completely converted yeah well, now I know to say, you say ma'am, not ma'am. Yes, yes. That, that's, that's what we were taught. So are, yes. you a mon- we are you a monarchist now? I'm not going to say, I'm going to cut <laughs> this bit out, I think, because I'm just going to get into no, trouble. No, 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 no. Whatever I say. No, we'll just leave it hanging there. And I think <laughs> that's, again, more future Patreon material. Yes. Yeah. I, I have thoughts. Anyway, yeah, so thank Don't you Don't you dare so cut much. it out. <laughs> and now we go to Witherspoon, who's setting out his view on many things, including Linda's show. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. 
Greetings, Philippa, Quentin, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's with Spoon and Angus Haggis here. So, two characters returned this week. One I was happy to hear, the other not so much. First, welcome back, stalwarts and dependable Roy. We need a few stalwart and dependable characters in Ambridge. Good luck in finding a girlfriend. Second, Toby. Both Pip and Rex separately complain bitterly about his qualities as a roommate. Will 2022 finally be the year that resolves the Rex Toby Triangle? I like Rex. He's stalwart and dependable. Toby is not. Another thing we can depend on is that there will be a Christmas show delivered by Linda. I'm firmly in the pro-show side of the debate that divides Dumpty Dummers. I find the tradition of Ambridge's annual version of Judy and Mickey overcoming every obstacle to provide holiday entertainment happily predictable and comforting. Another predictable occurrence is Echo Warrior Kirsty taking matters in her own hands to protect Blake. It recalls how she went looking for him and his mates on every street corner when they had gone missing. She still carries a lot of guilt for not recognizing what was going on in the Moss family business. It seemed unwise to tip off Philip that Blake wanted to visit him. It was like waving a big juicy steak under the nose of a very hungry lion. As before, I don't think Harrison will be very happy to hear what she's done. Finally, a few words about my friend Millie Bell. She was a warm, funny, and smart person. She was a dedicated teacher. I was most impressed with what a great mom she was to her young adult children. She was always posting humorous comments about them on Facebook, reflecting such pride in the people they've become. My heart goes out to the Riley family. From Millie Bell and to all the Dumpty Dum family, hooroo! Oh, with the spoon. Thank you so much for that and those um, wonderful comments about Millie Bell and and her family. Um, And there'll be uh, more of that later. Um, Yes, predictable and comforting. I I am with you with a spoon. I am a huge fan of the shows that they put on in Ambridge. I love it. Usually I'm in a local pantomime as well, but I've had to say no this year because of my commitments to Dum De Dum. So I'm going to live it vicariously through the art. Dedication knows no bounds. Well, it's it's time, and there is yes, Dumpty Dum takes up quite a bit of time. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. But um, yeah, so I can't wait to hear about the rehearsals. Have people learnt their lines, the costumes, the fallout, and this idea of doing it on Boxing Day? I I just well, Quentin, if you and I are going to have to record an episode of Dumpty yeah. Dum on Boxing Day, it's the least exactly. they can do to act to act it out we're all doing our bit on boxing day um but uh yeah and i i agree with witherspoon about philip moss and and how he when kirsty was talking about blake and she was it was like waving a juicy steak under the big nose of a lion very well put with a spoon and philip would kept saying referencing all my friends in ambridge you haven't got any friends philip why do you think that i know we've already talked quentin about um philip's perception of himself and in ambridge but it was just painful to to hear but yeah i'm on the witherspoon camp bring on the show um my attitude towards the show and all the shenanigans beforehand was summed up by bernard dugdale on on twitter at bernard dugdale and and he, he posted this no, 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 no. Yes, the recruitment process for the Ambridge Panto is just Jim out of the Vicar of Dibley. The archers take six to eight weeks. Jim took one sentence. 
That sums it up. <laughs> we got eight weeks of this. No, I can't possibly. No, 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 go away. No, no, no. Oh, it does. It irritates me. I have to say. I have to say. Yeah, it does. <gasps> oh, well, it's the same thing every year, isn't it? Oh. And that's what, as Witherspoon says, it's comforting, it's predictable, it's lovely. It's what goes on in villages all around the UK. And it's what... It's boring, doesn't it? You know how it's going to go. They're all going to resist and then bit by bit they'll give. It's like 12 Angry Men grinds them down. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be a combination of Lillian and Kirsty grinding them down this week, this, 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 this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it has to happen. It's one of those things. It's the hardy perennial. We have to grit grit our teeth and... Lillian? Lillian grinding them down or Linda? Well, no, they're her lieutenants, aren't they? Lillian finding her a god and Kirsty going oh, around I as a producer. See, see. Yes. Yeah, and she and Linda will be pulling the strings from behind. Yes. Well, I've never wished for really bad weather on Boxing Day, but I, I, this vision of them sort of trudging through snow and sleet to deliver it, <laughs> it's, yeah, I think that would be quite With special. With the Spoons, a fan of Roy and Rex. I, I'm with you on the same page with the Spoon. You know, the two R's are great, a bit dull, but bit boring but they're, they're decent as i said about rex before and uh, he used the word stalwarts they are stalwarts and i i like them for it so i will defend both of them to the hilt um there we go you. so thank you with a spoon as ever yeah thank you and now we go to rob who like many of us was very affected by last week's episode and wants to talk to us about millie bell and also about what makes the dumpty dum community so special. The real world came crashing into the cosy alternative universe of the Archers and Dumpty Dum this evening. I was braced for all the fine words being ready for Bert Fry, who passed peacefully away at the beginning of the week. What I wasn't prepared for was the message I got from Melly McMerryweather, just as I was settling down to listen. Melly and I had been chatting about Millie Bell and Yokel Bear earlier in the week. I'd followed Dumpty Dum for a while longer than Melly, and we were talking about our early memories. I have to thank Melly for picking up on the way our conversation went because she messaged me as soon as she'd heard the news and broke it to me that Millie Bell had passed away. When I started listening to Dumpty Dum, the social media roundup was handled by Millie Bell and Yokel Bear. I remember thinking that this was the easy way for me to ease my way into the community. I could just join in with the comments on Facebook and if I said something funny or apposite, I'd get a mention. The first time my name got read out, I was so excited to run and tell my wife. She's not a listener, so I just got the usual small smile, head shake and eye roll. But I was hooked, and I started trying to think of things to say in reply, and actually initiated a few comments. I actually remember the first time that I heard Millie Bell on Dumpty Dum. You might think that is just me being fanciful, but I do. At the end of her pieces, she always signed off with, Huru, which I'd never heard before. Over the months, I came to have a love-hate relationship with that word. I loved the cuteness and friendliness of the sound, but hated that it indicated the end of Millie Bell's contribution for another fortnight. But all good things have to come to an end, and when the announcement came that Millie Bell and Yokel Bear would be hanging up their social media supremo hats, it was just a matter of counting down to the final outing. I was honoured to be the last social media contribution to be read out by Millie Bell. I was so excited to be her last pick, I actually did a call her in. It was a bit of a spare-of-the-moment fanboy spluttering event, which, thankfully, I can't remember, probably because it was fueled mainly by adrenaline. Millie Bell was one of those people who you never physically met but still managed to feel close to. We all know that Dumpty Dum is the Archer's podcast that has the closest community, and it's at times like this that you really feel it. 
Why has the passing of a woman from, literally, the other side of the planet affected me so much? Despite never having communicated with her by any method other than a keyboard, she still managed to make me feel like a part of a greater group of friends and fans. I'll miss her more than I can reasonably explain, but it will make me more likely to get off my backside and go to a dumpty dum meet-up. I want to have the chance of actually meeting the people that I now spend most days exchanging messages with, mainly thanks to Millie Bell. Hooroo, Millie Bell. Hooroo. Rob, beautiful words, and there's not really much more I can add to that because uh, Rob is a is a wordsmith, and you can tell by the way he's he's written that, and it's very touching, Rob, to to hear that. Um, and it stays with you, doesn't it, that you were um, Millie Bell's last social media readout, and that uh, is very important to you, uh, and prompted you to to call in that time and this time. And I know that um, you you are uh, find it you know a, a bit of a ch- it's slightly intimidating to call and please do again rob because it's it's lovely to hear what you've got to say and you've been mm. a, uh, such a stalwart if i can use that word again uh in terms of, of listening over the years it's interesting that you say that you felt close to her she was on the other side of the world you've never met uh and you know i've never met philippa <laughs> I mean, this is the thing it's extraordinary <laughs> the way that we sort of virtually know each other I mean, you've only yeah. you met Royfield this week for the first time ever. I've never met Royfield either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of the people I have any contact with on this podcast, I've never met. So I, I think, you know, when we're over this uh, COVID, then it'll have to be some big Dumpty Dum meetup and everybody will be absolutely staggered what we all look like in, in, in the flesh. <laughs> so, um, um, so we hope to see you at one of those, Rob, and thank you ever so much for that contribution about Millie Bell. Yes, Rob, it it was beautifully put. Thank you so much. Um, And I've got a message actually from Julie's daughter to that was sent to Royfield that I that I just want to read out. Hi, Royfield, just updating you on the memorial service planning. It will be held on Sunday the 14th at Yakutun Gardens, just down the road. Julie really liked it there. Bright clothes, celebratory tone as much as possible. She would disapprove of anything else we think. The service will be recorded and uploaded to Vimeo the next day. We will try to get the link to people ASAP. If there's anyone who might want this info that Stuart isn't already contacting, please feel free to disseminate this information as appropriate. Thanks again for everything you've done on Julia's behalf. And there's a, there's a Just Giving link. If you go to Dum De Dum, you'll see that there is a Just Giving link there to raise money for World Vision UK, which was something that Julie really wanted to support. Uh, Millie Bell, I, sh- I should say as well, her, her name to us, Millie Bell. Um, so the Just Giving link is on the Facebook group. Currently, we're at, I think, about £737 of a £1,000 target. And now we go to Melly, her second call. My goodness, Melly, what's going on? Um, she wants to discuss Pip. Hello again, everybody. Melanie Merriweather here. It's six minutes to seven on Wednesday evening. I'm just walking to work. Um, I didn't get to listen to Monday's episode last night, so I listened to Monday's and Tuesday's today when I was making dinner. And I was wrong. <laughs> nothing, nothing could have prepared me for the level of oh, terseness from Pip. So yes, the Pip, Rex, Toby, dynamic. Sorry about the traffic. Um, so 
so yes, no, that little blurby bit gives you an idea, but the acting and the writing just brings it all to life. Anyway, yeah, not colouring for a while, so two colours in her. Yes, Rob, it's a word I can't say. Um, everybody, take care and keep it up on the Facebook page. It's really great. I'm loving it. And take care, Philippa and Quentin. And a wee hello to Royfield. He still listens. Thank you, Millie, so much for your second call and your good tidings. Yes, pip, 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 pip. Honestly, what is going to happen to that girl? It's enough to drive us. Does she, give, does she give you the pip, Philippa? <laughs> but there are pip fans. That's And that's what? the beauty. That's the beauty of Ambridge. Everyone's got different people that they like or dislike. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, Pip. You just please, please do something. And I hope she's not going to go in and sweep the bungalow away from Rex because she's assured Rex that, that it's his for the time being. So let's hope she doesn't jump onto that. But, no, a great call. Thank you very much. And, and those are the calls. But you could also send us an email or a text if you prefer. So how can Dumpty Dummers do that, Quentin? Yes, if you'd rather send in a text, then send it to this number, 07957 167696. Remember, if you're texting from outside the UK to add a plus 44. Or if you prefer to send an email, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the dumptydum.com website. Do get your calls, emails and texts in by just before noon on Sunday as we record at midday UK time. And you remember, you do need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. And so we go from our caller in to our email and texter in And our email this week is from Charles, and he has a question about Rex. With the subject, just what is the point of Rex Fairbrother? <laughs> what is Rex Fairbrother's raison d'etre? There has to be more to the character than bringer of biscuits. Tra <laughs> trademark, he says. My first idea is that he is literally a joke. Toby is roguish, entrepreneurial, interesting. Toby's surname is Fairbrother. Let's give him a brother. You can imagine a scriptwriter ejaculating triumphantly in the Archer's writer's room. What an image. Uh, support for that theory comes from the fact that Rex's first name is so ironically, so comically unfitting. 
on the other hoof, sustaining a character who is so dull that he makes Tom Archer seem like Quentin Crisp, comes at exorbitant dramatic cost. There has to be another reason. My hunch, he says, is that Rex serves to bridge the seemingly eternal Archer's Grundy social spectrum. Whereas Tom will always be an Archer and Ed will always be a Grundy, Rex is more mobile. He could be either, depending on the godlike caprice of the scriptwriters. If Rex's Christmas geese sell well, he's an Archer. If they don't, he has to drive a taxi. On Christmas Day, he's a Grundy. Right. Um, he is, he is a, a bridge uh, for the mm. for the scriptwriters, I, I I don't see him in either camp. To be honest, uh, it never it's an interesting theory here, Charles, um, because I I see him very much as as a fair brother, and I, but I think they need to flesh out the whole fair brother thing more, don't you? I think we need. There was a suggestion that um, Robin, the father, was going to come and see his rewilding project, and then he he just went off with the floozy to London. I think we need to really get brand Fairbrother going a bit more. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't share your theory there, Charles, but it's an interesting one. And as I've established already in the podcast, I'm a big defender of Rex. I'm sorry, but anyone that quotes the bringer of biscuits gets a thumbs up from me. So Charles, you get a, th- a thumbs up from me. Yeah, definitely. Good I like, I like, that I like the trademark of, of that. No, I can see what Charles is saying that Rex, what, why is Rex there? What is his purpose? And that he moves around. I like the fact that his surname just winds Jill up at the mere mention of a, of a fair brother. And that, yes, is he, is he a farmer? Is he a taxi driver and, and how things go? He's a pig um, man as well, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I mean by farmer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, he, I'm very happy to have Rex. Rex, uh, you need a, a bit of dull uh, to let other characters shine. He, he doesn't wind me up like other characters. I, I. Is he an archer if, or a Grundy? No, he's just he's one of those that sometimes he'll be an archer, sometimes he'll be a Grundy, okay. and his sort of role just alters as as time goes on. He could be the new Bert Fry in time. Just you know the. The boring farming commentary. He needs more of a burr, though. Well, give him time. Give him time. Okay. He's very young. He's very young. And our text this week is from Rosamond Woodcock. Listening to the Wednesday episode of The Archers, Linda Snell brings back the mystery plays and has rewritten them. No doubt this will be for the Christmas pantomime, but a shadow of Bert's death hangs over the village and puts a damper on things. Meanwhile, life carries on, and the latest concern is what to do about Blake's request to visit Mr Moss. Kirsty seems to be determined that the visit will not take place, and Kirsty has something to celebrate the divorce from Philip Moss. She just needs to convince Blake that Mr Moss isn't the saviour he seems to think he is. She has her work cut out. Well, Rosamond, you are very good at doing your roundups of an episode. This is, this is excellent. And yes, Kirsty was celebrating the eminent divorce, but uh, or imminent divorce, I should say. Um, but it it didn't quite turn into the celebration that, that she thought. So uh, yes, we will see. Thank you so much for your calls and emails and texts. We value them so much. Please keep them coming. And so to our Facebook and our lovely dum-de-dum community there as we sit back for a very poignant roundup with our Sue. Hello, my lovelies. It's Sue here, Queen or Tart on the Twitters with the Bonfire Night Social Media Roundup. 
it's going to be a bit different to normal, and I think you'll understand that. I think everyone was a bit shell-shocked with the events of last week. After all, death trumps everything. There is, by necessity, a huge contrast between the fictional and real deaths. If we get the fictional one dealt with, it doesn't appear that too many people are mourning Bert. Mia Fox summed it up. To be honest, I found Bert really annoying, and I'm quite glad the character is gone. But please, scriptwriters, don't make Trevor permanent fixture and fitting. It is true some of us will miss his poems, but he's never been the same since he lost Frida. But the Archer's story of death pales into significance when we think about real life and the loss of our Millie Bell. The current social media team took over around 18 months ago after Millie Bell and Yokel Bear stepped down. They were a very hard double act to follow. As the two of them had been responsible for the roundups for several years, they had a great formula and a banter, even though they were separated by thousands of miles and a week at a time. They are both still very much missed by the wider Dumpty Tum community. The social media roundups and the chance to have one of them mention your name and know that someone was reading what you wrote encourage people to join and put their two pennyworth in. I hope that the current team continue to encourage that and to make people feel heard. I know it's what we're trying to do. For the people who've come along and started listening to the podcast since they stepped down, please go back and listen to some of the old episodes and you'll get an idea about what they brought and the sheer joy for the pair of them. There have been lovely thoughts about the group from Millie Bell. Rob Williams did make me tear up a bit. He said, Millie Bell is one of those people who you never physically met but still managed to feel close to. I am unexplainably upset by this news despite having never communicated with her by any other method than the keyboard. And Glyn Fullerlove said, very sad news, RIP to Millie Bell. Karen Cunningham said, she, this is very sad news, she always used to pronounce my name Karen when I was lucky enough to feature in her roundup. It always made me smile as she made it sound so much more exotic than it actually is. I do feel that anything else this week is a bit superfluous. Writing about your comments on pudding and the application of custard, it all seems a bit crass. Normal service and prattling will be resumed next time. I'll be back with you in a few weeks. Stay safe and well, my lovelies. And to return to Rob, Huru, Millie Bell, Huru. Thank you, Sue. That that was uh, just wonderful. And thank you to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us. We've had 22 new members join just this week. And moving on from Facebook to the website, you'll find a link there to Patreon, as I've already mentioned, where you can financially support the show and it would be greatly appreciated. Also, there is a shop and Quentin, I've, I have ordered, I've ordered something for you and something for me. So I'm looking forward to it arriving and then I'm going to send it on to you and we can, oh, we could eat a pickled egg and open, open the item as well. Is it a Dumpty Dum pickled egg then? It's not. It is a Dumpty Dum. I've also ordered a Dumpty Dum zip up hoodie, which I think will be very practical. I do like a zip up hoodie. So if you get too hot, you don't have to sort of do this crazy trying to take it off with nobody seeing your stomach. Anyway, there we go. Sorry. Carry on, Quentin. It's fine. (laughs) 
Now, if you're wondering what is Patreon, well, it's a way of tipping creators. If you go to www.patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or the Patreon app, or through our website, um, you can type in then Dumpty Tum, and you will see the different levels that there are available. For $2 a show, there are is extra content that you can get. Uh, that includes the video that we've been talking about with uh, myself and Royfield, and there's extra stuff that we're working on. Have you finished now? Yes. Uh, we're also on Twitter, folks, under at Dumpty Dum. Our great team always include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A, so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets as well. Like them, do try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweets so that we can all see your tweets and keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter and I can be found at QuickBook Review. How about you, Quentin? You'll find me at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. So now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. I have a confession, Philippa. Go on. Uh, I've uh, committed a mortal sin. I didn't listen to the omnibus this morning. I'm afraid <gasps> I went for a bike ride instead. So I wonder how many hail shulers I'll have to say for that. Oh, dear. But um, having said that, I was so convinced of the brilliance of the tweets that I had noticed during the week that I don't think they were surpassed. I had a quick look before we started recording, and, and these are still are still the three best. And in it, bronze is at Rainbow Warrior, and they put out this tweet, I've more thought of Roy as a sex thimble than a sex symbol. They got lots of likes. Yeah. So well done. Rainbow Warrior. That earned you a bronze. In at silver, Eliza Bennett at Eliza Bennett 3. So Kirsty has the intelligence of a Maris Piper and Philip has the morals of Owen Patterson. Great. Very topical. Nice one. Very. Uh, but in gold. And really, this was wonderful. I love this. It comes from Stephen Reilly at Pleasant Revolt. Men and cleaning fluid. The new scent from Philip Moss. <laughs> very good well, as well, well. gold for Stephen really well done excellent and thanks again to Christina Rachel Matthew Melly, Jen Claire Witherspoon Rob Charles Rosamond Brian and Sarah for their calls emails and texts thanks also to our social media supremos Cosmo for his podcast roundup Shambridge for her voices Mike Hatton for his character counts and to our podcasting parents Lucy V Freeman and what's his face uh, Royfield Brown <laughs> so what will be revealed next week Will Kirsty continue to make stupid decisions with more stupid results? Will Philip Moss launch a Guess the Bird phone-in competition? Will Pip suddenly start toasting the appropriate amounts of toast? And will Rex embrace change by staying in the bungalow he's already living in and farming the pigs he's already been farming? Big changes, Rex. Big changes. All will be revealed next week, but for now it's a bye-bye from me. That's a very good bye from me.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.